the tightest event is my turn. It sounds like if you dropped a mackerel and you wanted a living mackerel that you just pulled out of the water, you dropped it in one of those subway vats of men. You just drop it in there and let it flop around. That's what it sounds like when I'm just pushing his guts in from the back. Hey, hey, we're not recording, right? Ha- I'm just ha- telling you guys in confidence about the torrid affair life. I've been yeah. having. With I, I gotta Steve say that having Bannon, I'm not gay. I just like to fuck Steve Bannon. Having sex with Steve Bannon must be like how I would imagine having sex with SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Same textures and smell. All right, we're loose. We hey, we're hey. back, everybody. Hey, you guys, you guys doing over here? Hey, happy New, New Year! New Year. New Year. New Year. Same, same old, old motherfucking Chapo. Same bitch. old motherfucking Chapo. Never going to change. We you are will never change us. Yeah. We are back from our uh, we took a took a break. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but those episodes you've been listening to, oh, we banked them. We've been on vacation. Ha <laughs> fools. We are back from the Japanese suicide forest. And boy, <laughs> let me tell you, it's not just the name. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I thought, I thought it was like Suicide Doors or something. I thought it was like Suicide Squad, and there were a bunch of people dressed up like Harley Quinn. Well, I was, I was. excited about that. <laughs> well, look, uh, we went on a spooky adventure to the Suicide <laughs> Forest because we we were told it was a haunted forest. Yeah, and, and boy, what, would you know, you would not believe what they have there. What we found was that the warden of the forest was actually a property developer wearing a mask trying to scare people. <laughs> So we solved that mystery, guys. Um, yeah. So um, shout out to the uh, the Japanese suicide forest yeah. property developer. Shout, shout out to he would have got away with it if it wasn't for uh, <laughs> the meddling Paul brothers. Yes. Shout out to the shout out to Logan Paul for bringing in 2018 first day of the year, first day of the new year, with a bold proclamation of like you your satire and attempt to heighten this reality for comedic purposes is superfluous and impossible. Nothing that you can say as a joke will match reality in this present moment of hyperspeed and hyperspace. Just accept that and shut the fuck up. And then when J- Logan Paul shows up with his fucking dead body that he like pretends is his ventriloquist puppet that says swag, don't say anything. Don't try to top it. Woo, you can't woo, woo. top it. Sirens, sirens, Logan Paul defense squad. <laughs> um, protect Logan. Protect Logan. Uh, I do think it's incongruous. For us to have a culture, you did it again. no one gives a shit. They made up that word like last According year. According to everyone who tweets us after every show, there are a lot of people who give a shit. Fuck them. They're little pigs, and I stomp on them. They kiss the bottoms of my feet as I pronounce words how I like to pronounce them. You think everything was pronounced the same 200 years ago? No, it was little bitches like you and alpha males like me who decided how the words you use today are pronounced. And you're watching it happen right now. You're living history, and I am the conqueror. I am Genghis Khan. I am Tamerlane. And you're every fucking villager I stacked up to an axle wheel and cut down because you thought you thought I don't even know how you thought incongruous is pronounced but this is how it is now I win you lose this is my this is my world anyway Logan Paul uh, it's incongruous for our culture to uh, encourage actions like giving up your first class seat to a troop who is probably going to a military base where he's going to use an Xbox controller to explode a Yemeni preschool but to criticize Logan Paul, Logan Paul didn't even kill that person, okay? Chris Kyle, we made Chris Kyle a millionaire for basically doing what Logan Paul did, but with hundreds of bodies he created. Logan Paul was just monetizing the culture we gave him. I think he's a kid, he can grow up, and who's to say he can't accomplish great things? Are and we- also, it's fine. 
like and move on. I was on the fence about these guys, but now I 100% endorse them because, like, the biggest sign of aging is that you you look at youth culture with revulsion and... uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, kind of like how people who are Gen Xers now look at millennials and say, oh, you know, look at these wastrels and they're, they're lazy and entitled and they have podcasts that are mean to Hillary Clinton... Uh, and you know, all of us, none of us like that. So, none of us should should look at what Gen Y is doing, uh, going to the suicide forest or uh, yelling the N word at homeless people and monetizing those videos, and think, oh, that's beyond the pale. That's inappropriate. Yeah, you know what? You know what Gen X did. Gen X did all the selfish things the boomers did, but they did like two months of therapy in 1992, and so they think they're good people. And the, Logan Paul is better than pretty much every single Gen Xer. Don't try to research this to try to claim that, like, you know, some saint, some like selfless doctor, somebody who worked for Medicine Sans Frontières was Gen X because they didn't. It's impossible. This is a massive uh, glass house I'm residing in right now, but it's uh, incongruous and wastrel. Yeah. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> also, generational warfare is reactionary mystification. Don't fall for it. Um, That's right. Unless you're a piece of shit Gen X. <laughs> the worst generation. <laughs> Fucking die already now. Um, so, uh, like I said, so, yeah, we've been on vacation. We're back now. Typically, the period on the calendar between Christmas and New Year's is marked by a kind of winding down of everything. Everything is closed down. No one's really at work. So maybe you have to work. If, if so, respect to you. But like, there's a general feeling like the time has sort of paused. Everybody that, is just bored at their parents' den. Yeah, it's just that there's a, there's a feeling that the time has sort of paused and everyone's waiting for the new year to start up again and things to like sort of to ramp up back again. The, the sort of gears of commerce and social life begin anew. That was not the case this year, at least as far as uh, the news or rather people who talk about the news online goes, because this sort of downtime week where we were on vacation, honestly, there are things that happen basically every single day that we could have dedicated an entire show to. But I think the theme for this episode, uh, this week's episode, our, our first episode of 2018, is as far as like, you know, the the, the tabs that we keep on the, the opposite sides of the uh, the spectrum that we make fun of the most of on this show, the, the sort of lib Democrats on one side and the MAGA chuds on the other, is that the hashtag resistance has now fully morphed into hashtag TCOT. Yes. The resistance is now the TCOTs of basically circa tw- 2013. Yeah. I mean, these uh, are the people who have been yeah. driven 2011, 2012. Who have been driven insane by the sp- prospect of a usurper in the White House. They both think of it the same way. They both feel that the president, Obama for the teacots, Trump for the resistance, is such a revulsive, just a repulsive repudiation of all that they think of when they think of America that they cannot deal with them in power. And so they've been driven mad. By living with that reality. And it's like, they, yeah, both indicative of a certain kind of boomer psychosis, but... Uh, yeah, well, like, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's talk to your manager psychosis. Yeah. It's suburban and sort of urban cosmopolitan elite managerial class psychosis where if you get an outcome that you don't like, even if that outcome doesn't affect you, like it's a media company making a video you don't like, your first recourse is like, who... How many people can I get fired in? Who can I tattle to? I will say, though, I I did just repudiate generational warfare, and I do genuinely think that that is a false frame that ends up obscuring capital. Sure. But 
there, I think there is something to the way that, that Resistance and Teagot, who are both made up largely of boomers, are the generation that essentially replaced religious belief with a culture of the self that all subsequent generations have, have, in, have inherited, but they created it. Yep. And they are facing the prospect of obsolescence and death. And that is profoundly disturbing and terrifying to them. And this is how they sort of express it, I think. And not that they're wrong to fear it. I, I mean, when I'm their age, I'm going to be a fucking... I'm, I, if I'm not on a, like a drip of acid or fucking mushrooms or some sort of hallucinogen to keep me from being an existential terror, I'm just going to be screaming nonstop. Not me, baby. I'm going to heaven. No, I, I, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get the family madness that all Jewish men get due to Ashkenazi inbreeding in the shallow gene pool. Do things like cry during baseball games. I'm going to be fine. Jews don't have an afterlife, right? Yeah, we do. It's called Shul, the land of the dead. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, like a, like it's like a cafeteria it. where it's like not too empty, but you know, it's not too many people. How's not the ridiculous. soup? Could be a little warmer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, on your point, Felix, I think it's no real coincidence that a a member of the Chuds and a member of the Resistance both attempted to quit Twitter. During the holidays, only to return shamefaced in in my in Cernovich's case in one day, yeah, well, less than a day, yeah. and there it was, was a, like four hours. And then Peter Dow tried to do the same, yep. and then came back and like yeah, Ooh, Peter, time, Peter Dow came back with a Peter Dow came okay. back riding a flying dashiki. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's get it let's get into it then. I mean, like, I, like the before before we get into that, like the the flip side to this coin, of course. If the hashtag resistance and all like the sort of Democrat Hillary people have become now indistinguishable from the teacot of the, the top conservatives on Twitter, in case you didn't know what that was, the sort of angry, obung, the, the, the people who made, made up the word barf sack o Barf sack o obungler, obummer, the guy with the crying uh, American Eagle and the Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marine Todd. Uh, Benghazi. Benghazi. Party, 57 States. Jade Helm. J- yeah. The, if President Teleprompter. Fast and Furious. If they're now largely indistinguishable. Choom Gang. Choom Gang. If they're now largely indistinguishable from the Teacots of just like three or four years ago. Absolutely. The Chuds, the MAGA people, <laughs> are Boy. now hold beliefs that are fundamentally indistinguishable from schizophrenia. Yeah. Yes. We're moving closer and closer to Pontypool <laughs> yeah. with every generation. Yeah. Like, if you look at this trajectory of the formerly kind of wry John Stewart libs turning into gibbering snake-handling teacots, and then teacots basically transcending language and living in this this like prison of the mind where, where all they see are these insane conspiratorial connections between every piece of data that they see, what the fuck comes next? It's just language it deserts us and we become jabbering madmen well, on a fucking Lovecraft well, story. Well, Matt, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're referring to the, what the MAGA people are now on about is we're going to talk a little in a little bit about QAnon, Ooh, boy. which if you're not familiar with it now, you will be in probably a week's time when it's featured in the manifesto of a mass shooter yeah. or some <laughs> sort of someone who kills their family or does Christ knows what else. We'll get into that. But before we do, let's talk about the resistance people, Ooh. because they had, I think, a Hall of Fame week. They had last I, I, I Semper think they, posts. They probably had like a very fulfilling and loving Christmas. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, when I was, we're gonna get into fully into what this is, but like, 
I looked at like a few replies to the main thing we're probably talking about where people are like, it's the holidays. Can you just enjoy your family? And these people are like, it's actually December 27th. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I, bet okay. You yeah. I mean, I give them credit great. because I think a lot of people were kind of thinking, oh, the resistance is sort of petering out. They don't really have any kind of critical mass anymore. And they came out of the gate like this. Just there, we're going to let everyone know that they were not fucking obsolete they were still in the game they were still going to be making the conversations they were still going to be the ones making trending topics that we were going to dance to their tune and god bless them they did it we're referring of course to um the cancel vanity fair movement which i gotta say was one of the most mind-bogglingly stupid things i've ever seen breathtaking these people have really i'm talking about the heavy hitters peter dow boom Eric Garland, Pow. Tom Watson, Blank. Eric Belair, clad like <laughs> league player, Eric Boosh. Belair, a- Adam Pachinko machine. Booyah! At- Adam Pachinko, I think, did the most. Adam, Adam Pachinko, Pachinko okay. MVP. Adam Pachinko literally posted a picture of him burning his coffee Hell, in Vanity Fair. Yes. If that, if, like, if you are balk at my suggestion that the resistance has become Teacot, I, I just submit that as just yeah, because evidence number one. A couple years ago. Teacot flag holder and sentient baked ham, Eric Erickson, responded to a front page editorial in the New York Times about the need for gun control by posting a picture of himself having riddled it with bullets. What so, is the meaningful distinction between that and what Adam Pachinko machine did? Uh, so for those of you called logic, for those of you blissfully unaware, Cancel Vanity Fair started all as a reaction to a just light anodyne sort of like anodyne like viral video just like the same the as fucking any space filler the same as like you know just like buzzfeed or like any one of these like light sort of shareable video clips that was just like a bit of snark directed at many politicians like it was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was it was it was like it was it's like new year's resolutions for politicians and one of them was uh for hillary clinton like her new year's resolution which should be to take up knitting not okay. just knitting, even. She, it was a list of other things, like improv comedy was yeah, in there. That was Which is way more offensive. <laughs> yeah, Chris is right Chris about, is correct that. about that. Um, so one of the suggestions, and it was uh, like the, the video featured the the, the journalist and writer uh, Maya Kosoff, and her suggestion. One of the one of the, the thing that drove these people completely around the bend was take up knitting. This was described Ooh. as I've seen like this was described as a vile sexist assault. On the most accomplished woman in American history, yeah. and these people lost their fucking. She's not minds. even the most accomplished woman, like from Chappaqua. Like, <laughs> yeah. she, like I'm sure there's like there's like a a dog trainer or something who's who created a more net positive for the world than Hillary. Well, yeah. But I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, I saw this on Twitter that I thought was a good point. I forgot who said it that they thought it was sexist, implicitly sexist that they said knitting because they're they're these sort of weird second wave feminists who think that. Like all domestic tasks are inherently feminine and yeah. demeaning, and it's like vanity. It's fucking stupid to even defend it in, in this way because even if they didn't make videos about other politicians offering similar resolutions, like the one they did for Trump or anyone else, like even if they did that, still who gives a shit? Yeah. But like the response to it, like you know, it's kind of similar to the Trump people where. It's the racist uncles that like Trump because he just says what he feels and he's not being held back. He's like me at Thanksgiving. Mm. He's a piece of shit who everyone <laughs> hates, but I love him. And Hillary is the same type of thing because it's like 
if you look at what she actually is, you remove her from the cultural context. She's just this sort of like hapless, uncharismatic woman who's killed a bunch of people and like reversed her positions on the stuff. And it's like, oh, that's like, you know, most people in the Senate. Okay. Like she sucks as much as like, I don't know, Chris Dodd sucks. But um, the fact that she is this, she is this symbol, the hated woman, I think for a lot of people, a lot of sort of suburban or urban cosmopolitan middle management people who spend so much time, yeah, trying to get people fired or exhibiting the petty tyranny of the upper middle class on others in whatever way, the personal strife they've experienced, it's vindicated by Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Whatever her accomplishments or non-accomplishments, just, you know, well, she kind of won. Well, she would have won. Well, she had a best-selling book after being a public figure for like 30 <laughs> yeah. fucking years and running for president twice. They, they, are, they, are, yeah. they are vindications yes, yes. to all of their character flaws. Yes. So when people posted about this video, they were saying things like, Al Gore loses an election and he gets an Academy Award. Hillary Clinton loses unfairly and she gets told to take up knitting. And there's not a logical thought process here. It's not like... Al Gore. Al Gore actually Al Gore, directed a movie. Right. That's they why think Al Gore lost. Al Gore. Also, that they think six that, years afterwards. Right. Al Gore. They think that Al Gore lost, and people went up to him and gave him an Academy Award. If they're like, lose, "This is for being a man." If you lose, there's at least a year, at least a year of you getting just called a piece of shit, incompetent, dip fuck loser who should fuck off. Al Gore got it. Carrie got it. McKay deservedly got so. Yeah. And deservedly so. You're I, a fucking loser. Just, okay, so they want to compare these people to like John Kerry and Al Gore. Imagine a throng of John Kerry fans like this. Imagine a group of people who are like, he's the most unfairly treated man ever. And well, he's still I'm burning my copy of Collier's <laughs> Weekly for insulting John Kerry's motorcycle. Yeah. Guess what? He's good at windsurfing. But you said it all. They identify with her. And so when you criticize her and you tell her to fucking step off and, and take up knitting, it's like you're well, saying well, it to them. So what I They've internalized thought- her struggle as the struggle of of second wave feminists who had yes. to negotiate right. rape, uh, sexism in their lives, and they did, and they had shitty stuff, and they have resentment, and and and, and justifiably so. But right. they have they have externalized all of that, all of their career travo- travails, and put it on the Hillary. And so when right. you attack Hillary, you attack and on them. one level. That's not irrational. I, I, we're going back to the to the age thing that of. A professional class women of a certain age, especially if they went to uh, get secondary degrees in the 70s and 80s and obviously experienced sexism then, and then watched in the late 80s and early 90s the Clarence Thomas hearings. They watched how Hillary was treated as the pre- in the press as merely Bill Clinton's wife uh, for having the temerity to say, I'm not going to bake cookies like, you know, Barbara Bush. It's I mean it's it, it's perfectly rational to have that identification with her. Yet this isn't the early '90s anymore, right? I think there's that where Hillary Clinton is the only game in town for a professional woman to look up to. Yes, right. right. And I think another thing is that we have a very feudal culture. I oh think yeah, we yeah. we had we are all would be peasants. Yeah, I mean, look at the way that people talk about people they admire, whether it's Hillary. Whether it's Beyonce, whether it's fucking Trump for Trump, that Trump, yeah. The, you can't just like somebody for what they do. 
it is not possible to be a person in this set and just like per- Hillary because she proposed like a child tax credit in 2005. It's that she represents all the ambitions of her subjects, of which you are one. And if you're a Trump person, it's the same way. He is the he's the king for all the boat shop owners. I, I think what's traumatic, I mean, we're, and again, we're going right back to this thing we said is bullshit and we shouldn't do, which is this sort of generational analysis. However, I think it's worth noting that I think to this point, I think what, why these people get so angry and what bothers them so much is particularly when they discover that women who are like, let's say, under 30 don't have the same emotional identification with Hillary Clinton as they do. Right, because as we all remember... And and then they think that, like, for instance, they I saw people say this to Maya over and over again, like, how dare you? You only have a job because of Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Which is amazing! That is amazing! And it's like, yeah, they they can't get over... That is exactly peasant thinking. That is like, because of Hillary Clinton, the sun came up the next morning. She touched me and cured my daughter's scrofula. Well, I mean, their concept of doing something for someone, it's not a specific, <laughs> it's not a specific policy. It's not a specific action. It, it's not anything. It's just being. Yeah. They are the sun. They come in in the morning and they illuminate the path for all women to ever enter a job anywhere. When Maya, when Maya uh, was hired at Vanity Fair, she had to kneel to a picture of Hillary Clinton. And they said, if you can perform this job for five years without incident in a video, uh, <laughs> you can be an inducted in the order of Clinton. Yeah. How- and, and Hillary's uh, version of Prima Nocta is that, that she can have one week with your firstborn child in the Comet Ping Pong game. <laughs> How it's dare actually you? that she can fall down your set of stairs. But um, uh, so, okay, uh, Tom Watson was leading the, the, the tilting at this fucking windmill. They, they were trying to saying, I'm canceling my subscription to Vanity well, Fair, that's the other which thing. is hilarious. That's the other thing, because they're all like, I, I can't believe you've done this, Vanity Fair. Yeah. I looked up to you. I respected you. You were the, the printing press of the resistance. Yeah, yeah, the Van- most tasteful Kristen Dunst side I boo. used to delight in those fucking videos you would make that's a tell Trump I that am, he's bad. I, I am going to give you guys another thing that you're going to be able to make fun of me for at a future date. Oh, yes. Uh, but when I was like 11 or 12 and I would like fly with my family to go on vacation, I would always buy a Vanity Fair at the airport because it would have something in there that's like, you know, more secrets than the JFK assassination. They would have one thing in there that was like interesting to a 12 year old. Like some historical thing. The latest from Dominic Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> like any 12-year-old. But, 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 all, but I remember looking at all the other articles, and it's just every other page is like perfume. Yeah. And all the other articles are like, I mean, it's like if Donald Trump had a magazine, basically. It's like, you won't believe who Barbara Walters brought to Le Cirque. Okay. <laughs> and I would, I, would read it, I would read it in between the, you know, like fucking JFK assassination articles or whatever and be like, who gives a shit? And then uh, the greatest Vanity Fair reader of all time became president. And then it became <laughs> okay. the biggest focus point uh, of, of America during you, Christmas. You, you brought it up. I want to get back to the resistance in a second. But can we just talk for just briefly for a second about our big wet president's really funny tweets over the last couple of days? <laughs> oh, he's starting just like Jake Paul. <laughs> yes. He's serving notice okay. that irony and satire are dead and don't no, even no, try. I, I, no, I no, they're not, they're not. It's not dead. It's living right here on air with us. Chapo Trap House 2018. Preservers of irony. Custodian <laughs> yeah. of irony. Okay. We got, we got, we got hit the, the, the uh, first annual inaugural 
inaugural Donald J. Trump Fake News Bad Media Awards. His own, his own awards for bad, dishonest fake media. And then, even better, the party he's going to throw for all of the nations of the UN that didn't vote against the, uh, moving the capital of Israel Amazing. to Jerusalem. I, I, I wanted- which include Micronesia and like Guatemala and like a couple other... I want to say something that my brother said that I think is very important. He said this when we were showing each other uh, the president's very cool alpha tweets. <laughs> and he said that for him as as a, a gay man that he wishes that Donald Trump was president when he was growing up. I mean, obviously, because his policies are good, but all, <laughs> but also because... Because America would have been great by right. now, obviously. No, but like because... For like as a publicly straight man like Donald Trump to have all the characteristics, all the things that we associate as nasty stereotypes of gay people, (laughs) Donald Trump has as a straight man. Yeah. Like every cruel stereotype from a movie in like the 70s that he's like gossipy and two-faced and bitchy and and a coward. He's basically Paul Lynn. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it is amazing that he gets up there and he's like, I'm going to throw a special party (laughs) where I tell Anderson Cooper, you're over the hill, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Becky Quick, whoever told you you can try canopy bangs, uh, have them fired, and if they don't have a job, have them arrested uh, because they committed a crime on you. Uh, memo to Goldie Hawn: Cheerleading tryouts for last year. And that, like survivalists who literally live in swamps and bogs, are like, finally a real fucking man is in there. This Not guy, like that fucking gay ass Obama. <laughs> he gonna let her, he gonna let Anna Wintour know that uh, <laughs> the tan- Vanity Fair been downhill since they fired Tina Brown. Every- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm being said that about Anna Wintour. Obama would never listen to me. But uh, uh, every- oh, let's not forget how his his button is bigger than Kim Jong Il's. Oh, that was the other thing that all the or wonks. I mean, that was just yesterday, and that was the other thing. All the wonks were freaking out. Like they were like. Guys, this is not funny. Yes, this it is. is deadly David, serious. David Frum, who takes that sort of thing yeah. super serious. David Frum, who literally penned the line Axis of Evil, which included North Korea and probably irreparably ramped He's up. He's the reason yeah. they have a nuke. <laughs> yeah. He's the fucking reason. David Frum said the other day that he's n- Hillary. That, that now yeah. is not the time for Twitter jokes, and he his heart is just praying for all the men and women in uniform. Because yeah, all the ones you got killed. In your fucking disastrous, ill-conceived war. Yeah, all you the took that real left. seriously, David. What a fucking oh my god! Yo, spit I, on David Frum if you ever see him in public. Seriously, yeah. like spit I, spit in his face. I yeah. hope David Frum gets on a flight and there's a suspicious passenger and his sister isn't there to warn him. This it's, it was his wife. It was his wife. They're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, that, uh, that 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 tweet is very funny just because of the open Freudianism of it. Like my yeah. fucking buttons bigger. Like, come on, dude. You're the president. Yeah, <laughs> yo, he's, president. he's saying his clit is bigger it's than like, Kim Jong Un. I have one of the biggest clits of all time. Like, remember, like, like shit, like the president's analyst and all of that sort of mid-century American stuff about you know, like that cheap Freudianism that was very pop culturally yeah. relevant. Like a character in like a fucking Richard Condon novel would be president, and then and then mistake the button for like his dick. And I mean, like fucking Doctor Strangelove was making the comparison yeah, between yeah. nuclear annihilation and the libido fifty years ago, and he's just gonna put it on the surface in a tweet as president it's so on the nose that it's almost tiring but the people freaking out after that tweet about oh we're all gonna die we're all gonna die i have one word for those motherfuckers you're not getting off that fucking easily 
I think you assholes are praying to get killed in a nuke because that gets you out of the situation that we find ourselves in. This grinding horror that has no fucking uh, exits. That ha- there's no way that you can conceive of of changing. Uh, I'd like and to- guess what? That's what you get. You don't get to go out in a blaze of orgasmic glory. I'd like to say I, I do not want a nuclear weapon to kill me and all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, guess what? You have to watch as every single job comes back. I I think there is something kind of funny uh, when, when he does that and the response to it. I mean, because it's just so on the face ridiculous that the two responses are like, I don't know what it is. I think it's part wishful thinking to die, but also like a desire for drama in your life. Oh God! A desire, a desire to bust a desperation nut to you know say I'm in the blast radius. I shouldn't be alone right now. Uh, Maybe but, you get your wife to finally fuck you again because it might be the last time we have a chance. I was yeah. going to say it's just more wretched boomer nostalgia for like you know doing crawling under desks and shit. Do you all really think the prospect of Trump uh, launching military action against North Korea is is that improbable? It's because it, it I would is, I would give it a forty percent probability. It's not as bad as they want to make it out to. They're chicken littling on purpose. And if it happened, it would be a nightmare disaster. But it would largely be a nightmare disaster in the Korean Peninsula. Well, that's not good because that uh, Japan is where anime comes from. So that's <laughs> yeah. not good for us. I, I, I do want to say about the uh, uh, about this whole thing. The response from it, it's either yeah, that just sheer panic in the hopes that someone will honk you off under a desk or uh, just a desire to die which I understand both you know? <laughs> Definitely. Or, or if you can do two in one yeah, like, oh, but, honk. but uh, I, I, I think the other thing that was funny was when people kept posting the Hillary Clinton tweet where she's like the man who can be provoked by a tweet can't be trusted with nuclear weapons <laughs> and it's like she, fuck, she warned y'all I don't know why they really come with the AAVE when uh, it, Trump does something, but it's like whenever he does something, they're like, oh, no one's going to yell at me for this now. Oh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton done. She done. She be your auntie. Man, like, why don't are, be telling you? Why are you talking? But it's like, it's funny because it's like, yeah, I can't believe someone who is running against Donald Trump said he would be a bad president. He did. There was nothing to indicate it before. When I watched his speech, when he called every Mexican a rapist and, you know, said that he was going to ban all Muslims from America and he would bring back, uh, he would bring back like uh, spy versus spy bombs. I was like, this guy seems normal. And Hillary said, He's not. And I said, yeah, right, lady. But it's it, it is funny because he's this danger is so uh, it's so daunting because we have a horrifyingly imperial executive branch that grew in power for every administration since World War Two. And it got particular grew sort of geometrically since Bush. And there's never been any serious uh, serious attempt to hold, uh, say, torturers accountable or to make a serious inquiry into Iraqi war crimes or lies that led to the war. Or lock up David Frum. Or lock up David Frum. Uh, And there's never been any chance to draw it back because the thinking with these people was always, oh, we're going to win the executive branch in perpetuity, so we need to keep this nice imperial executive branch because we'll never win Congress and we don't really want to. And so it is a little bit fucking annoying when you see what we warned about this whole time maybe you'll get a guy with a sponge sponge like brain in the bad way not the good way in there and he'll maybe nuke the world it's a little hard to take from people who had no interest in drawing back the imperial powers of the executive yeah but i'm not one of those people and yes you are the note I'm not one of those people, and the uh, even if the casualties were limited to the Korean Peninsula, 
think of how insane this country, how violent and insane this country would become if 15,000 American servicemen were obliterated at once in South Korea in one of our fucking bases that we have there or in Okinawa or in Guam. Uh, Think of how this society would fracture. And also, having thought about it, I can guarantee to you that these resistance cosplaying shitheads would, most of them, would rally around Trump. Oh, 100%. 100%. Immediately and say, you know... Politics stops at the water's edge. Kim Jong-un, he's he's crazy. He's a crazy guy. Oh, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it... I, like, don't think that Donald Trump should do that. I don't think he should make the tweets. I don't, I don't think he should nuke North Korea. I don't think he should invade. I'm completely against intervention. I, I think there's a substantial chance he would because for two reasons. One, he thinks... I didn't say, he, I didn't he, say, say that he wouldn't. I said that he shouldn't. He shouldn't, but I, he thinks, and that's one of the options on the table, is a, a surgical strike that would somehow be, uh, it would be recognized as not an act of war. And he actually believes that our fucking shitty missile defense system can shoot down missiles. Well, yeah, I mean, missile defense systems, going back, who are the only people that actually believe that surgical strikes were surgicals? Uh, dumbass teacots. Yeah. And look who's the president, baby. Yeah, a dumbass teacot. Yeah. Uh, and as well... Not a Harvard war, is, uh, law professor who knows they're not and wrings his hands and does it anyway. The fear isn't that Trump was uh, going to launch a nuke and say, all right, job done. I finished it. I figured it all out. I'm genius. Yeah. Uh, it's that this regime, which saw Gaddafi and his sons get killed, which saw Hussein and his sons get killed, this regime that has built nuclear weapons in order to ensure its survival, that they would use nuclear weapons at, we don't know what the threshold of provocation would be. And that the constant provocation against this regime. As a first strike, they'd get annihilated. Nobody wants to make a first strike, but Trump is the one who says, I refuse to let them build an ICBM that can hit the American mainland. Um, Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like dating. It's like, you know, no one wants to make the first DM, but you got to do it. You just got to do it. You got to get out of the way. And it's worth noting that Trump is the only one who believes that. Well, and yet he's the only one with the unilateral power to do something about that. The Japanese and the South Koreans are as concerned about the matter. Well, apparently, uh, the, shortly after that tweet, North Korea and South Korea started right. negotiations. Which is very positive. And thing. as the TCOTs have pointed out, that's all because of Trump being alpha and scaring Kim Jong-un into negotiation with his alpha-ass fucking tweets. So I guess we should just thank him for doing cool strategy and not well, being a what, what if, what if, weirdo with a tiny penis. What if the communications opened up not because of the button tweet, but because of the Vanity Fair tweets, and they're like, he's right, it was better when Anna Wintour was there. It was because of the party we, this, tweet. We have, more to, we have more to agree. We're excited. We want to go to his fake news party. <laughs> 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 it's a war show. It was a party tweet because when the North Koreans heard there was going to be the Micronesian states that we subsidize and the, all the neocons, all the Zionists, every right-wing Central American dictatorship, all there carrying a huge cake. They want it to be a part of it. <laughs> Deals master Trump, Donald. 
Deals, deals Master Donnie. A pizza, a pizza so party at Mar-a-Lago is all it takes. Just the thought of waiting for, uh, for a, a chef to cut a hunk off of the gray meat slab <laughs> sitting under the lamp of a fucking carving station at Mar-a-Lago. I got to get in on that. Did you guys see? It's $200,000. $200,000 for sweaty beige lumps of fucking beef-esque meat that you could chew and like struggle to swallow in the company of a bunch of drunk, sweaty, red-faced asshole car dealers Just like Central the, 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 the cheapest grifters Just imaginable. Just the most awful, yeah. <laughs> thrice-divorced, Medicare-cheap Just asshole. leathery skin. Oh, like, God. Yeah. I'm telling Just you right now. Stinky and nightmare. If anyone listening to this is an eccentric millionaire... Please pay for me and Matt to get a membership to Mar-a-Lago. Oh God, uh, yes! Me, for all of us to get membership. Yeah, what, what the fuck? Why just you guys? Well, it's two hundred thousand. Hold I mean, off, hold off. Um, you gotta I, pick your spots. You gotta be like Matt would be the uh, funnier one to I, see there. It would be it would be a classic duo. It's like Hunter Thompson and uh, Acosta I, 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 in Las Vegas. And yeah, it's, I, like, it's like Inspector Gadget. And Barney Gumble. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Inspector Gadget and Penny. If you can peel off, <laughs> if you can peel off a cool million by the five of us, and we'll all have a different tack. You'll just Matt. You'll go and get aggravated about the treats and start complaining about the low quality of it. Me and Felix will go to Trump and try to make him a gamer. Yes. Uh, wait, hold on. Actually, you know what? Fuck this. Is Chief uh, three parentheses Treasurer three parentheses of the show of the company? None of us are getting paid for a year. Chris, you're not getting paid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. This is more important. We're all getting membership. That's where the Patreon is going. I hope you guys saved money. If you didn't, like, you don't believe in the show. Well, you can get meals there, and I think golf is free. Yeah, it's going to pay for itself. It's going to pay for itself. We're spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on golf. Uh, how, how stupid are we that we are giving away money on golf on golf fees Will we could be belonging to Mar-a-Lago and doing the podcast in Florida. Ooh, Will, your upper-class breeding will help you fit in perfectly, and then you, Mine will, too. you will convince a wealthy dowager to leave you her money. Dude, you are from Florida. Those aren't the rich people they have. Those are nouveau riche leathery fucking shyster scumbags <laughs> this is my time this is my time these are okay jewish male 27 going to be 28 by the time oh, they approve right. my membership in june by the time by the time you get a membership jared will be in jail Ivanka will be seeking yeah. a suitor. Hell, we're gonna and Felix Biederman, oh. a young I know ex- Felix Biederman. I know exactly what well, I'm gonna say to her. Courtin. I know exactly what I'm gonna say to her. I'm gonna walk up to her and be like, "I love you." <laughs> um, <laughs> the best ever pickup. Be the first thing she hears from me and the last, because <laughs> mm. we'll have a just a mind melt in our marriage. I don't we know. Get married on the spot. We'll never by, have to speak. Yeah, a racist dentist who got it. <laughs> Got a certification to marry people at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I don't know, Felix. Because of your ancestry, you might have to wait in the parking lot. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? It's Mar-a-Lago. Half the people yeah. there, you like well, half the people there, a fucking country club in Florida without Jews. You think half the uh, people. That's a good point. Half the people at Mar-a-Lago like summer in the West Bank. <laughs> 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 um. That was that was the the Trump digression, but uh, I just want to get back real quick to the uh, resistance. Is that cool? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, just just a few other. We're real things. loose today, boys. Uh, God, we're, we're, I like it. Yeah, I, I'm feeling good. But uh, a couple other highlights uh, for the week that was uh, Virgil's going to give us a rundown about Adam Pachinko Machine, the guy who burned Vanity for Vanity Fair in his uh, fireplace. 
But I just want to give another shout out to uh, Peter Dow, friend of the show. Woo! Who, yes, uh, now, yes, who, yes, yes. <laughs> who believes he now has did it. Did a Twitter <laughs> did a Twitter poll to decide once and for all whether he's white or not. Yeah. Him amongst us. Him amongst us. <laughs> and then got into a long Twitter conversation with the other craziest Lebanese man on Twitter, Nassim Taleb, who was like Mr. Too Dan Haplo group, who told him immediately, <laughs> who's informed Peter immediately that his Haplo group was the Caucasian part of the Mediterranean. Do you realize for me <laughs> This is like this was Christmas for, for Felix. This was this was <laughs> Felix's first okay. Christmas. Do you know? Do you realize that when people were like with heat, when they're like, "Oh my God, De Niro and Pacino on screen," that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what this was for yeah. me. That was two. incredible. Yeah. Uh, Peter still amazing. And like, I, okay, Peter had an amazing tweet to end out the year where he's like, "You know, people ask you why I do this." I ended 2015 defending Hillary Clinton from sexist attacks. I ended 2016 defending her from sexist attacks. I ended 2017. Like, he just goes down. and I'm, My comment on this is like, God, your life sucks. Just, just never, It's like a Beckett play. You know, it's just I can't go on. I, I will. <laughs> oh, well, and that's the thing, because like I said earlier, I think it is perfectly rational for professional women of a certain age who – uh, watch Hillary Clinton in the media and watch her get, you know, shit on essentially for being a woman for them to identify with her. For Peter Dow, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> that, have, I've told you my Peter Dow theory, though, right? Which one? About. <laughs> yeah, there's several. <laughs> well, that he was at Chevron Chatilla with a well, fucking machete? Close. Uh, my theory, okay, so you guys know about the militia that Peter was in when he was in Lebanon. This will right? all be bleeped out with Chris saying for <laughs> oh, legal purposes, premium. this part of the shit? show cannot it's be It's premium. Second. I'm not accusing him of anything. Um, this is just your mind palace. Yes, in my mind right palace. Now. Peter was in Katiab. He's publicly <laughs> stated. He was. He said it several times. Jesus. No, he was. That's not. He, was in, that's he, not he was in Katiab. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen the uh, great documentary film Waltz with Bashir. Bashir Gemayel, who was the leader of the amalgamated Lebanese forces, the Maronite forces, the phalangist Christian Maronite forces. The white people. The whites of Lebanon, as Nassim Taleb has the Phoenicians. routinely pointed out to us. He was killed in a bomb by a fellow Christian, and they never found his body because he was just fucking vaporized. But... His followers were like in love with him. They would tape little pictures of Gemayel to the butts, the butts of their rifles, so they could look at him every time when they would like suit up to go, you know, murder a bunch of preschool age children. And when he died, it sort of drove them insane. And because they never found any bodies, they sort of became what they hated the most. He became an occultation, like the Mahdi. And he wasn't vaporized by a bomb. He wasn't, you know, beyond recognition, just a pile of ground beef on the floor with maybe an ear sticking out. He was disappeared and he will return one day. And I think for Peter, maybe he re he returned in another very strong believer, another very fervent, charismatic figure. Mm. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I remember this. I kind of believe this. I kind of <laughs> believe this. It's, it wouldn't be the craziest thing because with Adam Pachinko, it's clearly he just thinks Hillary is his mom. And like Virgil pointed out for everyone else, it's like, okay, you were a professional class person in the 80s. But for Peter, it's different. It's like religious for him. He has passion. 
Well, let me get into Adam Pachinko Machine, if you're ready. Uh, yeah, go for I'm it. I'm always ready for Adam. First, you're going to have to see this picture of him. It's a Will now. <laughs> he looks like powder. And now uh, showing it to <laughs> Felix and Matt. God damn. Why the rosy cheeks, stud? Are you looking in the mirror? He is perfectly hairless. And... <laughs> Uh, from his Wikipedia page, in 2003, while a 17-year-old student at North Virginia Community College, Pachinko Machine set up VoteHillary.org, an independent website that urged voters to vote for Hillary during the 2004 presidential primary. He later ran Draft Hillary for President 2004. He is the aforementioned fellow who burned the Vanity Fair magazine. And I'd like to say real quick, he, he posted that, and then like people who were supporting him... Uh, a lot of the wine moms pointed out that the highly glossy, beautiful, lush colors in the Vanity Fair magazine are actually quite toxic to breathe in. <laughs> so he should have been more careful. Uh, it doesn't matter. This this man has clearly already suffered from some kind of multiple radiation yeah. disasters. <laughs> you know what? I, I wasn't going to do this. So I'm just going to read the article from the start. As bullets zipped overhead, Adam Pachinko Machine grabbed for his gun and radio. He called for backup. He had been in this situation before. He had even recovered illicit firearms from this very housing complex near the district's North Capitol Street. But this time, while his partner wrestled a suspect with a gun in his waistband to the ground, a riled-up crowd gathered around. Pop! 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 Back out of here. Back out of here, another officer shouted. We just had gunfire. Rob Bechtel, a D.C. police reserve officer who watched a video that surfaced online of the two-minute scuffle, said he'd never seen anything like it. All this is happening while someone is cranking off rounds, he said. And right there, with some other officers, is a Hillary staffer. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Pachinko Machine, a part-time D.C. (laughs) reserve officer and the director of grassroots engagement for the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. During the week, Pachinko Machine 30 sits in a small cubicle at the campaign headquarters in Brooklyn, surrounded by standing desks and beanbags, fielding calls from volunteers across the country. But on weeknights, when he can, Pachinko Machine still drives the streets on patrol in the district. Wait a minute. So he, in the weekends, he goes from New York to D.C. to drive around in a patrol car and pretend to be a cop. Essentially, yeah. This Jesus was, this, Christ. Uh, this is bylined uh, uh, January 2016 during the campaign. This is uh, what the Orc Cop movie is based on. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Bright Pachinko Machine. They they read this article and they're like, they let this horrifying creature be a police officer. (laughs) You know what? He looks a lot like the old Orcish. He has no hair. He's totally bald. He's got kind of pointy ears. (laughs) Folks, I'm it's like if he had vitiligo, he would be the fucking orc cop. He likes to go after the bad guy, the thrill of the hunt, said Bechdel, a, fe- a friend and fellow when volunteer. He, when, he, when that guy arrests Perps, he's like, you just failed the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the singer of the week right there. <laughs> Felix gets the Amazon gift card of the week. Let's oh hear it for God. Felix. Thank you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually sitting on that one. I was looking for an opening the moment I heard it. It may seem surprising that the famously risk-averse Clinton campaign allows a top staffer to chase down criminals in his downtime, but this campaign knows it can trust Pachinko Machine. They know he has dedicated most of his life since age 17 to her ascent to the presidency. They know he put off college to work for her, then started ready for Hillary's super PAC. He's 32 right now, by the way. What? He's 32? Yeah, he yes. looks ancient. 
So it's, why- like, it's like working for the Hillary campaign. It's like guarding the Holy Grail. Uh. <laughs> you just no. you <laughs> age into a wizened creature. Do they make him bathe in Fukushima water? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, here is... Uh, Holy shit. Let's get into some psychology. So why then has Pachinko Machine spent much of the past 13 years working towards a Clinton presidency? He's not particularly close with the candidate, nor is he earned inner circle status. His fanaticism is a very practical kind. You might even call it Clintonian. <laughs> Pachinko Machine doesn't have one rosebud moment that sparked his devotion. He's got a thicket. As a kid in Arlington, Virginia, he seethed with jealousy when he learned his best friend's dad was a convention delegate with a photo of Hillary Clinton on the family piano. By 13, he started writing letters to politicians asking for a signed headshot. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm th- now I'm thinking about uh, Sam in uh, Casablanca with that same piano. And uh, Humphrey Burke goes, play it again, Sam. And then he goes, this is my fight song. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I love that song. I'm thinking brings about back, brings I, back to Philadelphia, 2016. I'm thinking about Reese Witherspoon in Election. Yeah. This is like exactly like that. I, I, I'm thinking of a very unsettling and and sort of grotesquely intimate biopic directed by Todd Haynes. You know, safe just, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yes, just like a, uh, like a real claustrophobic look at the psychosis of a young man. I'll trade you my Orrin Hatch rookie card for two Wayne Burses. Well, yeah, yeah, Virgil, you already said it, but this is like every joke we wrote about Carl Diggler, like having signed John Anderson rookie cards. Oh, those weren't jokes. He really did that. Yeah. Uh, then there was the time Hillary came to his elementary school and shook his hand, and the time he washed Bill's golf cart at the local course. He still has a $5 bill the president signed for him. But when Pacheco Machine decided at age 17 to start a draft Hillary movement, it wasn't just because he had met her as a kid. Adam is an entrepreneur, said Bert Kaufman, a friend of him for the past decade. He was drawn to her promise. He was drawn to her potential. Sure, he thought she would be a good president, but just as important, he thought she was a good bet. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, third time's the char- charm there, Adam. Uh, okay. Here's how he finally... Yeah, seriously, way to back the wrong fucking horse. So yeah. he breaks in by being a uh, teen, a, a Ben Shapiro type who starts a Hillary for president pack. Patty Solis Doyle, who ran Clinton's pack at the time, recalls There's getting... a name I haven't heard in a while. I know, right? Recalls getting a call from the candidate. She was like, who is this guy? What is he doing? Solis Doyle sent someone to make sure he wasn't a crazy person. <laughs> what? Whoops. And then, and, then, and then when it turned out he was, they were like, you're hired. Dude. <laughs> you're you're in Peter Dow. Yeah, you're in the Dow Fedayeen. A few weeks later, he showed up at her office. He didn't have an appointment, so someone told him he would just have to wait, she said. Uh, the er- earnest teenager with a comb over sat there for hours. Oh, man. When I finally let him oh, in, I said wait we didn't have any a job openings. teenager opening. with a comb over? He, oh, my God. He said... A That's wor- a sadder short story than the one Hemingway wrote. <laughs> <laughs> teenager with a comb over. <laughs> Give half of that Amazon gift card to Matt. Hell yeah. Rip- Singer of the there week, go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what this is telling me is that the Hillary Clinton campaign is run like Fight Club. You have to sit there with your fucking <laughs> shitty comb over uh, until they let you in. He said, "That's why Dick Morris ascended so quick." They were like, "You have to smell my feet." And he's like, ooh, 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 wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> he said, "I'll work for free. All I want is to help Hillary one day become president." I told him she wasn't running for president, but he didn't care. Celeste Doyle liked his chutzpah, and she I liked like that his. You're insane work ethic. and delusional. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, Perfect for this campaign. He came in early. Left. Yeah, like somebody shows up to Hillary headquarters saying, I love her. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he came in early, left late, didn't mind grunt work and could hand, uh, tackle organizational tax, tasks. She eventually hired him as her assistant, the youngest paid employee on the Clinton team. Uh, then Clinton eats shit in 2008. At 22, <laughs> wah, wah. This, is, this is like this is like this is like a shitty like every shitty World War II movie where it's like, yeah, they call me Brooklyn. I lied about my age so I couldn't <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I just believe in her. I look at her and I go, hey, that's a fucking leader. At 22, he decided to go through the police academy. He had long been interested in law enforcement. Did he make funny sound effects? (laughs) (laughs) And he grew an extra appreciation for the work after watching Clinton's security teams on the trail. (laughs) Watching them carry this case full of (laughs) EpiPens. After graduating, he got a badge and gun and worked 20 to 30 hours a month on patrol as an unpaid volunteer. This is very damning. Unpaid. This is very damning to law enforcement. I think the MAGA people <laughs> need to see this and they will drop the Blue yeah. Lives Matter. All, all, wait a minute. All Blue Lives Matter. Let's be real here. His superiors noted that he had assisted in more than 90 arrests, recovered narcotics on numerous occasions, and has been instrumental in the recovery of several firearms and at least nine stolen vehicles. Among his best attributes, colleagues say, his knack for communication his interpersonal skills his sense of community he was the grassroots cop <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> grassroots cop grassroots cop okay. what you gonna do the thing about adam pachinko is that versus i think you pointed out like it is a stunning indictment of the hillary clinton campaign that and he, the world that he was allowed to, to be uh reach the uh level that that he did yeah. Oh, it, and it, also it reflects poorly on him. To, he stayed so focused with Hillary after he she showed herself to be an utter incompetent. Oh. Like they just kind of skip over two thousand eight, but people forget. Well, I skipped it before yeah. before the Trump before two thousand sixteen. Two thousand eight was the last time that a politician missed an open layup that badly. Oh, it, Hillary had the fucking. Man. Total open path to the nomination in 2008, and she fucked it up at every level. And these oh. people who are like making the smart bet on a real player, including the Democratic Party, who decided that she needed to have an open road in 2016, didn't realize that that indicated a profoundly flawed candidate. That it gets better. Uh, we'll I, get I have that. one last thing to say about Hillary in 2008. You know how I knew Steve Bannon's political program would fail? Because Hillary tried it in 2008. <laughs> It she is did, true. Though. She ran the Bannon campaign in 2008. Uh, yep. Back to Pachinko Machine. And here it is. Here's the money quote. Uh, in 2009, he ran for an open House of Delegates seat from Arlington. Bill Clinton did a robocall on his behalf. He came in third. <laughs> meanwhile. Oh, you got that, that shiny Clinton magic. Meanwhile, he finished his college degree and met his future wife, future wife Kirby Hogue. <laughs> She wasn't. <laughs> is there any normal name in Democrat world? It's no. like it's like no. all right. So you believe in means testing and a sensible approach to NATO. Here's your new name. Your name before was uh, was Chrissy Jones. Your name now, you guessed it. It's Toot- Tootsie Flop <laughs> with, with, with three P's and an umlaut. Enjoy. 
<laughs> you are Waluigi Grinder. <laughs> but she wasn't the only woman in Pachinko Machine's life. There would always be Hillary. <laughs> oh my God. She was a third in their marriage. Part of it, part of it is a family component, Pachinko Machine said. When you're 17, 18, 19 and getting a call from Hillary Clinton on your birthday, she takes on a role of mom away from home. She was always asking me how things were going with my degree and why I hadn't finished it. She cares. She really cares. That's I'm imagining the college episode of The Sopranos and Hillary was taking Adam to visit schools and she saw Vince Foster. <laughs> No, you guys. Jimmy, Jimmy says, Jimmy says hello from hell. You rat fuck. Here's what I'm thinking, mother. <laughs> tell your Adams not to walk my way. <laughs> so you guys probably remember seeing a bunch of ads like way back in 2013. That was all because of him. He launched Ready for Hillary again. Drove a bus around the country. And then ready for Hillary, but it's hold in serious cash. Four million in the first year, nine can, can million in track, the second. Can we track uh, killings along the route of that bus? <laughs> <laughs> he, he believed the massive That was the list. real baseline killer. Yeah. They were building could be the foundation for a Clinton campaign if she decided to run. In return, Pachinko Machine swears that he never expected anything from Hillary Clinton in exchange for his loyalty. He just thinks she would be a great president. In time, later on, in time, he would also have to contend with the fact that grassroots has always been the weak link for Clinton. Bernie Sanders is the grassroots guy now. It's hard to fill arenas by appealing to voters' pragmatic side. There are only so many pachinko machines out the there. The pragmatic thing, like getting your sh- your ass kicked by a demented, senile, orange joke. I the think- most pragmatic thing possible, looking at suburban Republican voters and thinking they're going to reject racism. <laughs> I think so Adam pragmatic. has done a, I think Adam has done a great job, Marshall said. We have a great grassroots operation that doesn't necessarily get the shine it deserves. In I believe it was August of twenty sixteen, after the DNC leaks, they had to clean house in the DNC. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was out. And the cl- a washing machine Schultz. Yeah, oh, yeah, get the apologies. washing machine out, they, put it in the pachinko, the pachinko machine. machine. I, I respect your culture. You have to respect they, my culture in the Jewish language conventions. Was it looks like Wasserman it actually it's a washing machine. They uh basically Hillary's Clinton Hillary Clinton's campaign shipped their own people to run the DNC. Pachinko machine became the national field director for the DNC for the last two months of the campaign. And I wanna I, I found this today. I just want to read to you a couple tweets from a couple days before the elections. First off, here's a picture of a big rally. So Arizona isn't looking so good for Trump. <laughs> Uh, uh, here's one here's one Uh, somebody uh, uh, it's a quote of someone saying Democrats have overtaken Republicans and vote cast in Florida love wins (laughs) Uh, and last one I thought we fucked up with our last one this is a picture of child Hillary Clinton captioned Chicago is gonna make major history twice within a week Hashtag World Series. Oh, I thought that was going to be hashtag murder rate. <laughs> in a way, in a way, he was right. That was an historic election, and yes. uh, he was in charge of the fucking field operations of the DNC. He failed mother. My favorite thing from the field operation was uh, 
when they were playing a game of chicken in Michigan where yeah. it's like, uh, no, if we send people yeah. there, the Trump oh people God. will think we're, we're in trouble. But if we don't, <laughs> they'll think that we're 10 points ahead and they won't try and we'll win it. Yeah, they master, they, they twelve dimensional chess themselves. You know, in the, what, what, the only way, which is which is perfectly fitting, because they spent the entire Obama years convincing themselves that Obama was twelve steps ahead of everybody. So that means that they were going to be twelve steps yeah. ahead of every, everybody but, but during it, the campaign. But it's also perfect because we've seen that Steve Bannon's a fucking idiot, right? And Steve Bannon only thinks in like you know Plato Machiavelli war strategy art of war 48 laws of power terms and the only way you can lose to him is if you're you're like okay I'll play on that battlefield in, in both 2000 and in 2008 or 2016 Democrats lost a totally winnable election through their own incompetence and then looked across the aisle at the absolutely fraudulent shithead who had incompetently run the campaign that they opposed Karl Rove in 2000 yep. Uh, Bannon in 2016, and instead of looking at their own fuck-ups, decided, well, that guy's a genius. So, you know how the resistance people say that uh, Russia cost Hillary the election? I'm willing to admit there is one possible way to make that argument, that Russia was responsible for the DNC hacks that forced Debbie Washing Machine Schultz out and put Adam Pachinko Machine in as national field writer. This... Uh, Cop jihadist for Hillary, who is the one of the, like seven people in the country who actually loved Hillary and called her mother and thought, oh, well, everybody believes this too, right? We're doing great. There's so much enthusiasm. Uh, and then ate shit. You know, people often uh, uh, criticize us and say, why do you talk about these people? They're, they're irrelevant, right? You know? And my answer to that is, one, it's, it's funny. If you can't find yeah. out that's oh, we've funny. We've had so it's much fun. Humorous. It's just humorous. You're an idiot. We've had a lot of fun this I'm sympathetic episode. to that, that critique, but at a certain point, you have to have fun. No, yeah, of I, course, I was, you have to have fun. I, I was done talking about them until the Vanity Fair thing, to be fair. Also, uh, they still wield a great deal of establishment power. This is from BuzzFeed News in August of this year. Uh, it's about Hillary Clinton's new pack, Onward Together. And here's a, a great ear for language. Very inspiring. Where <laughs> she uh, has hired Adam Pachinko Machine, <laughs> who had a central role on Clinton's campaign, to uh, well help him out. Here's a quote. Pachinko Machine, a longtime Clinton loyalist, that's an understatement, who founded the PAC ready for Hillary in early 2013, will focus on the larger political landscape for both Onward Together and, tangentially, Clinton's activity on behalf of Democrats, looking at the question of how, when, and where she can be helpful to candidates in upcoming races. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, call, calling him... Calling him- <laughs> Calling Adam Pachinko Machine a Hillary loyalist is like calling Patricia Krenwinkel a Charles Manson loyalist. <laughs> yeah. You know, really undersells the level of Like devotion. it or not, Clinton is still a major conduit for big money into, pol- into politics, into the Democratic Party. And this fucking cop slug, this uh, fucking Bhopal disaster victim <laughs> is... Uh, one of her top lieutenants. All right. Um, last but not, I, you know, we spent the majority of the show talking about uh, the resistance this week because, like I said, they had a, a Hall of Fame. All Hall throws. of Fame. Their names end of the are year. ringing out. Hall of Fame end of the year. I, I do want to move over to the other side just to show that we are a fair both sides podcast because that's what we believe in. <clears throat> but before we do, one last resistance figure, resistance heavyweight that I want to talk about is, of course, 
Eric Garland, Mm -hmm. who has sort of like, we began 2017 with so many people replying, sharing Eric Garland's original star-making game thread. His babbling, incoherent dreck. As... I think Clara Jeffrey said it was the new Federalist Papers. Uh, yes, she, it uh, was her. A number uh, of and j- David Fartenhold said it was great writing in a medium that doesn't lend itself to great writing. And okay. by that, he meant um, word salad produced by schizophrenics. <laughs> Seriously, like, it's usually so, not this good. It's gibberish. And, it, it is, and, 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 and what's so insane about it, it still pisses me off, is that like the guy is basically personally taken over the word game theory, and he's like, yep, I'm the game theory guy. Hashtag game theory. Time for some game theory. There's zero game theory in that hundred tweet gibberish. Eric Garland, uh, I, I don't, you know, obviously, I don't know for sure what he was doing like the night before Christmas. I don't know if he was with his estranged family or if he was with family or anything like that, or he just was, alone on Adderall drinking and tweeting about me and my grandfather and trying to connect us to Maya Kosov and the knitting video. <laughs> but, I, like, Eric's thing is, and, you know, if he didn't block. Everyone who, you know, was critical of him even slightly. I'm blocked by Eric. Blocked. However, I would, I would right? like to, I would, I, would, I would be curious. He blocked me. I would be curious for someone to ask Eric this question. Eric, is, can you give us an example? Or like, is there anyone who makes fun of you, who doesn't take you seriously, or has written an article about you on Twitter or in the media, whatever? Is there anyone who's made fun of you that isn't compromised by Russia? Because according to him, no, they're all part of like his new thing now is that like he believes that there's this sort of like the fact that everyone is making fun of him is proof that it's all coordinated. And yeah. not that, that he's just like an obviously laughable figure. However, I don't want to spend too too long on Eric because I, I need we need to get to the other side. I will say this though. Eric has inspired me very soon, very early in the new year. We are going to do an episode with my dad, and we're going to unleash, we're going to document fully the whole secret Menneker family history Hell, once yes. and for all. I'm I hope, it, I I hope it drives Eric even more insane yeah. than he is now, uh, but look, look, be on the lookout for the full uh, Menneker debriefing. Yep. And another, uh, another the one whole those- secret history of my family with the KGB, the FBI, and all of it. So uh, we'll get it from, you know, I won't say an unbiased source, but you'll get it from one that was very close to the, uh, the original historical actors here. So, uh, Eric, I, I, I hope you listen. Um, all right, moving on. I began the show by saying the resistance are the new teacots, and I think we've ably demonstrated how that is irrefutably Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Uh, that they are in like in, in almost every regard in style, if if not even substance, are now basically because half of these people are now sucking off George W. Bush as like a great statesman and leader. Well, if, now, if, if, Here, here's the interesting thing, Matt. For the other side of the coin, for the people who once were the actual teacots, they have now all evolved like po- pokermons <laughs> in, into yes. into either the alt right yeah. into like either like. Kekistan weirdo, like just anime me, like we we can talk in a future show about how Pepe has evolved yeah. now too. Which oh, is, there's the new guy. What's yeah, his name? Groyfer. Oh, Groyper. Groyper. He's okay. like a fatter. Frog. It's a fatter Pepe. <laughs> anyway, they have either become like they've you know, either disappeared into total occult internet 
speak. Or they've become MAGA, the Chud. Yeah. The Chud figure that we um, that we documented so ably during the inauguration yes. when we were walking around the, the, peop- the, the National per- Mall the perfect and, and Matt was snow- yelling the, at the, the ambient the the animated snowman. <laughs> the bo- bovine America. I, 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 bovine slugs who wander the landscape okay, miserable. That was that was a real Matt Christman escort mission for me because what, like he just he couldn't any fucking one in a cowboy hat or a MAGA hat he saw he was like fuck you. I, I didn't I, <laughs> yeah, I you did at the hotel you were going down the at escort. the hotel no, no, at the hotel you said it and there was this drunk little MAGA manlet and this cowboy dipshit who you said it to and I went back outside to smoke and the drunk MAGA hat guy was like Tell your friend if he comes down here, I don't give a shit. I may be a little guy, but I'll fucking I'll fuck him up. <laughs> you're going like, down calm the, down, man. You're going no down fighting. the escalator at the Muse- National Museum of Air and Space. Yeah. We're going down the escalator, and Matt was just mouth agape, going, "What the fuck? Look yeah. at this shit!" Like right at someone, yeah. right at some family going up the other way, the other like, the upside <laughs> so of the thing. In my memory, these were all very gentle mutterings under my breath. Matt, no, you do not do that, Matt. You never. Never been able to do you that. You never gently muttered anything, dude. <laughs> okay. Dude, feel, DC I, in general was our Vietnam. That really was our Vietnam. I feel like, bad that I missed that because I was looking at the mercury capsule. <laughs> Is that what you called the bathroom? <laughs> Amazon gift card goes back to Felix. Hell yeah. For roast of the week, you get $150 in Amazon gift card. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so like all of the 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 the, the Marine Todd Teacot O'Bungler people have largely now uh, left behind all of the people who used to be like the Never Trumpers. Now are terrified that all these people are no longer responding to their cues and siren calls. They've now become hashtag MAGA. Ha- or I, we, we refer to them as the Chuds. They are yes. Chud America. These are the people who you would think because like. If you, if you analyze and say, well, these people were driven mad by the cognitive dissonance of living in, in a country that they identified with on a personal level, ruled by somebody who was antithetical to them on an aesthetic level. And so you'd think, well, once it's resolved, they'll be okay. But right. it turns out, no. no. It's no, not. Here's what's so amazing. Because here's what's so amazing about it: the Chud phenomenon. Now we saw with Pizzagate, and now we're seeing with this new iteration are being driven mad, even more insane than they were before, yes. by getting what they yes, wish for. It has driven them totally insane. It's like staring into the black sun. Because it's because their hero, their president doesn't get that respect that's traditionally afforded to the president because there are no norms anymore. Because, because he's liked by, what, 35% of the country. Yeah, be- he's despised by his own party. He's disrespected by the media, by the academics, by the SJWs. By all literally the, people, the entire All the people industry. he was supposed to crush. Yeah. So they have to justify and say it's still a war. And he's still get, an no, insurgent. No, he's so, hated by 65% of the country who are pedophiles. But <laughs> yeah, the other 35% I'll, like look, him. I'm going to try to explain this now. If you're a listener of the show, if you're a new listener, I'm going to fill you in. Most of our, many of our jokes of the previous year of 2017 have sprung from the well of Pizzagate. Which no, is, well, that's not true. Many of Cue our- a five-minute series of clips <laughs> of us making jokes about Pizzagate, including we, the game. The, we did a whole, including pretty much, whole, I don't think we went a single episode without a Pizzagate show. No, shows. I don't think we did any Pizzagate. <laughs> so, uh, which is, you know, one of the funniest conspiracy theories ever that have ever burbled out of the American paranoia. However... This new thing that I, I learned about last week, and it's like, it really is amazing. 
the new iteration of Pizzagate that I think is is a direct result of the psychosis that ex- that we're talking about now, which is that these people can't handle getting what they wished for, mm-hmm. is something that's going on right now called hashtag QAnon. Mm-hmm. It refers to something things that are being posted on 4chan by someone who goes by the name QAnon, and the Q refers to like the Q level like classification or like top level security clearance that this person supposedly has i thought it was a james bond reference no no, no it's not it, and the, the people who believe it think that this is someone very close to trump who knows the intimate details of all all the things that are really going on it's like the something awful bush administration <laughs> by the way anybody can post to this message board anonymously yeah, that's why top secret use it. Exactly. They, no, they know it's the best. Well, it, there's a certain logic to it because, like, if they wanted to get their message out to the people who they really cared about, 4chan probably would be the best way to disseminate that information. It is the mutated version of the Pizzagate conspiracy that we're all familiar with, which is that John Podesta and Hillary Clinton and many of the higher-ups in the Democratic Party run a secret child sex trafficking and sacrifice ring out of the basement of a pizza restaurant in D.C. So... That was the thing, like, the, the, so that w- essentially this conspiracy is now dealing with the fact that Donald Trump is president. Jeff Sessions heads the Department of Justice. So why are John Podesta and Hillary Clinton still free if there is all this well-documented evidence of them literally raping and sacrificing children? Mm-hmm. This new conspiracy now be- has become even more all-encompassing and even more unfalsifiable, which is really like the tell that you're dealing with mental illness is if you have a belief that cannot be disproven and the belief is now like it centers around the idea that all of these people involved with pizzagate hillary clinton huma john podesta every celebrity in hollywood who is also a pedophile and child molester Mm -hmm. as we said there's a kernel of truth to all conspiracy theories they have all been secretly arrested and secretly prosecuted by Trump and his Justice Department. And evidence of that is that they are wearing large, bulky clothing when they go outside in, in December. December in Washington, D.C. Yeah. So that they are, covering, they are covering up the fact that they are now all tagged with ankle bracelets and monitors because they have already been arrested and pr- secretly prosecuted yeah. for their crimes of child sacrifice. It's, it's why John Legend and Chrissy Teigen's plane yes, that was they going were- to Japan was rerouted. It wasn't because of some weird shenanigans with the different passengers because they were part of it. And why were they part of it? Because they had posted pictures of their child in a hot dog costume. That's clear evidence that they were part of the pizza Got him. thing. What do you, but, why do you think Snapchat introduced the little hot dog DJ? But this is like... <laughs> this it's like you could the pathology is just vibrating off of this fucking hashtag because you have people who for them during the 2016 campaign the Trump presidency was a impossible dream it was a, it was a obliteration of all anxieties and failures it was like Prester John you know that that medieval idea of like there was this in the far east there, the was, a, there was a utopian community there was a utopian kingdom presided over by a Christian king known as Prester John and and it, and there all you know it, it was like it was like a place where all 
all strife was was settled and, and, and peace reigned. And that was the dream of the Trump administration. And r- the reason they were able to export so much psychic energy onto it is because they assumed like everybody else, including us, it wouldn't happen. But then it did happen. Trump is president. How do you resolve the fact that Trump is president with the fact that the Shangri-La, the fantasy, the transcendent era that you were anticipating with him that you put all of your psychic energy into never happened well it is happening but secretly all the people all the political and cultural figures i hate who i've had nothing but resentment for my entire life they are all secretly in jail they're all secretly in prison also being sent to guantanamo yes that is another big feature of this and they all think that this is like and that now that they the true believers are being fed clues by this highly placed source through 4chan that is letting them know that that they are right but the thing is like what's so literally inter- a symptom of schizophrenia yeah and what is interesting about this is that like schizophrenia it is becoming daily exponentially more all-encompassing it's not it is, just- it is so far past pizzagate this now encompasses everything Everything it's that not, is corrupt about and bad about American what's society. What's interesting to me is it's not just 8chan, Pepe, Groiber people saying no, this. No, no. No, it's, it's MAGA Kathy, who's 53 yes. and works in medical records <laughs> in Grand Forks, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, oh, yeah, uh, Trump is secretly sending all the celebrities to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yes, yes. Let me just read you one of these Q posts, and again... Anyone can write this. This is including honest, highly placed honest government God, sources. It could be a seventeen-year-old fucking troll, or it could be uh, Jeff Sessions. And it's also just written in the most bizarre way. Why is this relevant? Define oppression. Who controls the narrative? Who really controls the narrative? Who guards the narrative? Does the MSM shelter and protect secret select party members? Does this protection insulate these party members? Who controls the narrative? What laws were put in place to protect the MSM from lawsuits? Who specifically passed this law? What is immunity? What prevents a news organization from simply making up sources and stories? What previous SC ruling provided protection to reporters for having to reveal their confidential sources? How many people are unaware of the truth due to the stranglehold? How must people be, how must people be made aware of an alternate reality? What are crumbs? Define lead-in. What has been occurring recently? The stage must be set. Crumbs, Who are you? Why crumbs am I here? are easy to swallow. What if Hugh Hefner was a clown in America? Do I smell what toast? is a honeypot? Define blackmail. How could this be applied? Fantasyland. Who has all the information? My left arm no, is numb. Uh, no such agency. The hunter becomes the hunted. Operations underway. Operators active. Disinformation is real. Disinformation is necessary. Silent war. The great awakening. I Iron Eagle, Godfather 3, The Hunt for Red October. Eric Garland See, is a future strategist. See, that's just, <laughs> that's just gibberish. But you know what happens? Is, is that a week from now, something occurs, and then somebody looks at that post, and then they circle the like a number of letters that are in that text and say, well, here's the message that they are giving. One us. of the pieces of evidence that people who believe in this think that Q is real is that Q is like, next week is going to be small. Trump is going to say the word small. And then next week was like, it was, was small, like small business, business awareness yeah. week. Yeah. So wow. he said the word small. In a really unusual yeah. word for the president. <laughs> yeah. my, favorite, my favorite defense that Q has to be real is people say, oh, wait a minute. You're saying this isn't real? So you're going to say that somebody on Slash Paul has the free time <laughs> to make up all of this stuff? Like, yes. <laughs> wait, are you telling me? The, you think the creator of Penny Arcade invented those interactions between gamers and non-gamers? <laughs> you think he would lie about that? 
Lie about the persecution gamers face. Lie about the conversations gamers have with each other. Who would have the time to do that? So what I find fascinating about this is that like it, it is now represents the melding of both Pizzagate and like the, this idea of fake news that allows these allows like a, like a, a certain core that is like as Virgil rightly points out is is crossed over from like extremely online psychosis to like you said maga dorothy well, it's and, the like, final step really if you're going to say the news doesn't matter and facts don't matter reality doesn't matter whatever then you're going to have to invent your own kind of system of signs yeah and reality and that's going to conform with your expectations of the world and that's what this is this might very well be the mainstream of the Republican Party in, I think, Matt predicted it's three months? Six months. Six months. You That's will fair. see people running for Congress in fall. Paul Nellon. This oh, yeah. Paul yeah. Nellon Paul is Nellon. already he that will guy. Have people like that. There will be people running in primaries and some of them running in general. Exactly. In 2018, is, talking about secret indictments and Guantanamo and for celebs. Who is, this year. Who is going to get the most attention? The guy who says, oh, I'm a responsible conservative and I believe in a strong foreign policy. Or the guy who says, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to take down the gigantic fucking uh, John Legend pedophile ring. <laughs> hey, you know all those Hollywood celebrities who are always having sex with hot women in movies and who have a lot of money and you don't? And they blather about liberal bullshit at the Oscars and you can't even enjoy a simple award show? They're all going and to prison. do you think that the donor class, the ruling class, isn't going to go along with of it? Of course. They'll resist it, but then they'll find, oh, well, these people aren't actually I, opposed I, to our interests, so can't, what the I hell? Can't wait, I can't wait Same till, thing happened with the Tea Party. I can't wait till there's, like, the Jeff Flake of those guys who's like, look, of course, like, there is a Hollywood pedophile ring uh, there's actually 30 million active pedophiles in the country, but we can't send them to pedophile Guantanamo Bay. We have to give them due process. <laughs> we, have to, we have to arrest. We have to arrest Christy. God Teague. damn it! And then the yeah. fucking hashtag resistance is going to say this is responsible politician. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's demanding that the sickos be given a fair trial and a day in court. Yeah, that's it's, that's how the Overton window ships. They're going to be like, and, look. I don't – the Republican is going to go, look, I just don't think that Chrissy Teigen and John Legend should have been executed. <laughs> in in, in, in this, secret. In secret. I think that it should have at least been public. So we you want to talk about, you wanna talk about the Overton window shifting. Uh, this, is, this is a little tangential of this. So there is a spying bill rapidly going through Congress right now. Of course, nobody's talking about it. Of course, the resistance isn't talking about it. That will drastically expand the NSA's immunity and spying abilities to spy on anyone having any communication with someone overseas, which is literally everyone at this point. And uh, uh, thank God I got some normal messages. <laughs> Dick pic professor uh, who has fashioned himself as a resistance guy now. John Schindler. Guy, John Schindler. Uh, he Schindler's po- monkey fist. He That's what I call his dick. has been posting about it, but posting about <laughs> how Assange has has uh, uh, been opposed to it and has been like telling people, hey, you should all pay attention to this, and says, oh, the FSB agent has something to say. And I looked at that tweet, and I saw... The replies to it are just from resistance wine moms saying, oh, yeah, it's that traitor Assange. It's Russia again. We need this bill. So they're now fundamentally in support of a bill to expand Trump's spying power. Yeah, Trump, who is going to tap Candace Bergen's phone and be like, I heard you were saying that uh, you wouldn't have had sex with me. That's actually wrong. Here's here's the bottom line. Uh, but, But, I mean, that is... 
That is also that's a perfect uh, bookend to this thing because if the conservative psychosis is that you want everything and your life isn't better and still no one respects you, that it has to be a massive conspiracy and there are twenty million pedophiles operating that you have to take down for vindication. And I guess the sort of natsack liberal psychosis is. Through 2012 to 2013, I remember just these endless arguments like that we need the NSA. We need the it's so important. We have to defend the homeland using this information warfare. And then we get it. And, uh, you know, nothing happens to it. There's no oversight. And then they yell at us over Russian data ops and Russian info ops. And it's like, wasn't that sort of endless information warfare apparatus supposed to defend against that? That's and now they're going to make it even bigger for the same reason, I guess. They're going to give that power to Trump for some reason. They're going to give it to whatever fucking to like, the FBI. steam community moderators. Thank you, FBI. Thank you so much for investigating Trump and his fail sons. That's why the resistance is such a fucking fraud, because they believe that there is a, a national security deep state that is opposed to Trump. Therefore, what power does Trump have remotely except this bloviating ignoramus who uh, just makes you feel bad and has absolutely no effect on policy right. whatsoever? If there is a deep state that you think is on your side, why do you care about Trump at all? If you are actually trying to resist something, if there is actually something that you should resist, it is the imperial presidency. Yes, right. It is the border patrol. Yes. It is customs. It is yes. the fucking military. Here, okay. nice. It is the fucking police. Yes. Here's my body. You can't be a fucking cop and in the resistance. Are you fucking stupid? I'm going to try to put a bow on this uh, rather epic show we've done to start off Amazing. 2018. We are coming up. Here, here's, here's, here's my bottom line. Here's my bottom line. We live in a world now that that is seemingly like fraying at the edges. Yes. That there are very real and scary and terrible things happening in this world right now Indeed. in our own communities and in the like the world at large people are more frightened their their lives and uh, are more fragile they're more precarious than it's been in a long time probably in, certainly in my lifetime but we are now like living in a, in, in a state in which we are caught between two competing spheres of like completely now, com- now, completely deluded blobs who are just recycling and have their own sort of like these self-defense mechanisms to recycle and then deflect any information that conflicts with uh, their worldview and is retreating further and further into what I think is like, Matt, you said at the beginning, is basically like the movie Pontypool. Yes. In which language, the English language just becomes a virus that is spread through the internet and <laughs> yes. the media and becomes just like a gibbering kind of mind virus yes. in which we are all now sort of shut down and, 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 and disempowered through these ever more bizarre and idiotic like just conspiracies and, and fucking delusions while all the like while we're being looted and fucking sold down the river. Yes. So this is going on on the right it's going on on the left, and I don't know. It's Chapo, twenty eighteen. Yeah. If I and just take this, take this. I don't. We don't need to follow this up, but just think about it. Just take this in your mind as you go to work or to the gym or whatever. Imagine this schizophrenic, manic, disengaged, violent political culture. At just imagine that, and then add in a war. With North Korea or Iran or a major economic downturn. Woo! If I Woo! 
if I thought that the only actual political options were the Teacot liberals now, the resistance people who have no discernible values whatsoever, or the MAGA insane people now, I would give up. I would just totally just check out. I would be like old Matt and just do LSD all the time. <laughs> I have no reason to be alive. But the fact is there is a burgeoning mass of people and yes, a lot of them are in our generation, millions and tens of millions of people who reject that status quo and are willing to fight and organize against it. Shapo, 2018, everybody. Woo! We're going to fix the problems. No Welcome more, to Hell no World, more problems, 2018. Welcome right, to Hell World. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, wait, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got two things. Uh, one, plug? one. Wastrel is is acceptable. Wastrel really? is acceptable. Yes. Okay. I'll take okay. it. I've right. never heard that, but I'll I've take it. Acceptable. Never, acceptable. Already streaming together wins. Two. Already. <laughs> already. I'm getting sick of winning right now. Yeah. Number two. Uh, We're all standing, by the way. Tickets are still available at the Bell House in Brooklyn for Matt and I's gaming debate. And we're going to debate gaming. It's going to be very good. Uh there's they'll they'll be selling beers there. January nineteenth. Nineteenth. Okay, what's that date? January nineteenth. What's that location? The Bell House. Tickets available in the information link in the information box for this show. Woo! God, fucking twenty eighteen. Great to be back with you, boys. We did it, Woo! boys. We fucking Hell did yeah! it. We did. Until next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.